in a world in the year 2017 in a time of tradition in a city where anything can happen in a war that isn't his every day in new york city on the miami police force in the deep south <laughs> all right my headphones are in the soothing sounds of rain i know <laughs> All right, you can run it. Welcome to Late Fees, I guess the uh, the streaming video store. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone, nationwide is, streaming. Is open. Uh, I am currently, this was supposed to go a lot different this week. <laughs> I know. We actually had like a pretty good uh, plan. We were on top of uh, it. I watched yeah. every single movie. I was yeah. very can we proud still, of that. We can still talk about the movies. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a lot we, going on. Yeah, we, we planned to do... This is the Ninja Turtles episode. Yeah, it is. Oh, Roman just, just farted. That's great. Thank you for that. He knows he knows what kind of world we're living in. Yeah, it's a huge fart. Um, we are doing the Ninja Turtles episode. Uh, currently, I mean, you're more than likely not living under a rock because you're affected as well. We are under... Uh, corona media <laughs> social uh distancing we've social, yeah, social distancing we did see each other yesterday we saw each other yesterday. <laughs> at a mall there's no distancing here i you know uh, I, I think just just really uh everyone's under this fear right now yeah we, i mean no one even knows we, if we can go out to eat like we i just think put out the uh Better Call Saul episode that we recorded on Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, I listened to it this morning and it's much worse uh, since Tuesday uh, because of the NBA suspension. I mean, that was the, that's the the thing that is like, oh, holy shit. Okay. This is real. I mean, even like regular people who I know don't follow (laughs) regular people, people who I know don't follow basketball were like, uh, what? That sounds insane. It's like, oh yeah, it is. It is insane. So we not only are living under the uh, corona cloud, uh, but about two hours ago, a week's worth of rain just started uh, in Los Angeles. So it really does feel like, uh, I mean, a little apocalyptic, let's say. Yeah, it's it's really depressing. Uh, I think, you know, you try to be, I, and it's, it's always like this with me and you, Pat. Like, we literally, every single time we're about to record. Another weird one. Another weird one happens, and this has happened twice this year. Yeah, on uh, fucking, yeah was it was it yesterday the day that, uh, yeah, it was. It was yesterday because uh, Bernie almost dropped out on a day we were going to record. It was, yeah. uh, it's, stop me if you've heard this before. 
Yeah, it's I mean, weird. Six weeks ago, we were attempting to <laughs> record uh, under, you know, Kobe's passing, and, and now we are. Uh, yeah, it, it's. It's weird. But we did, uh, I don't know what, we can, I'm not going to a fucking movie theater. I I, kind of want to go though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know. (laughs) I I wouldn't mind having a pair of uh, uh, doctor's gloves. Wouldn't mind that. But I mean, everything I've read say that like the masks don't do anything. (laughs) <laughs> I, I again it's like it's just so many I think there's so much confusion and uh, uncertainty around what you're allowed to do like yeah I mean it feels at a time when like the uh, this disaster like this national crisis is exposing the just absolutely heinous infrastructure of the United States and how stupid our government is yeah uh, and how stupid to some extent we are but yeah. uh, but if so, it feels a little frivolous to be talking about, you know, uh, nostalgia franchise. But also, uh, what the fuck else can you do? Nothing. Uh, we're, we're trying to make the make the best uh, of, of the situation and talk about what we love to do. Uh, I mean, again, uh, this episode, Cam will not be with us. Um, Eric will not be with us, but he was supposed to be with us if we had we recorded this uh, yesterday. <laughs> so I just I, I I vetoed the recording of, of yesterday. It was just uh, he would have been too. I mean, it was the recording was scheduled uh, during uh, like right when Gobert was confirmed to have had the virus, uh, and it, Trump was on TV talking about it in a, a way that is absolutely insane. Uh, obviously, uh, we, there was a, a lot was happening. Uh, yeah, we're doing it, so we're coming to you live uh, on Thursday afternoon here. Yeah, I again, it's it's confusing. I'm I'm on work from home uh, for the next <laughs> week. Yeah, so so I've been I have been at home for a week. It's I'm crawling up the walls here. Elijah wants me to leave so bad. <laughs> He's like, I need I need my my space. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm here with, with, with Roman, of course. He's been on every show this week. Uh, I'm babysitting the, the king here, and we're uh, we're making our way through, just the two of us, just like me and you, Pat. Uh, and, and again, we're, we're rolling with it. Late fees. Uh, last episode was Ridley Scott. Thank you guys for, for, for listening. Um, but of course, we're going to play this one by ear. We're just going to gonna rock with this one um, and, and just kind of talk about these movies, talk about you know everything that's going on and it's just it's gonna be a cool episode to listen to no pressure you know if you're you know if you want to do this for anyone that is you know either if you're crippled by fear crippled by boredom we want to take your mind off of it today uh, and, and hopefully we're, we're going to be able to by talking about the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh movie franchise which I think I came up with this idea for, for once. Uh, Pat usually is a shepherd of the movie ideas that we do. <laughs> I, I don't know uh, if that's actually true. It is. It is. It is. It's true. Um, you know, we we kind of we, we follow your lead. But this time I, I saw the movies were on Netflix and I watched the first one and I said, you know, let's just uh, 
let's just do it. You know, let's just let's just do it that way and um and and watch these movies. Of course, did not know that I'd have to rent the uh <laughs> the abhorrible <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay movies uh as well as that. Uh but I mean, you know, six dollars, it's whatever. Uh it's, yeah. it's, it's, I we're, mean, we're we're adults. Yeah, we, we can do it. But um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh franchise series started in 1984 uh it's, it's a it's a a collaboration between kevin eastman peter laird uh two two homeboys in new hampshire who you know the concept arose from from a, a sketch that eastman did during during some brainstorming that they did and and uh laird you know combined his pen uh and they used it to a, a tax refund alone in order to create the comic book and uh, it became, you know, what we see, what we see it now. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't think that I had known that there was a comic book until way, way later down the line. Uh, did you know about any of the comic books, uh, anything like that before uh, you seen any of the movies? I know you were kind of young though. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little younger than you, but not. I mean, not not that much. But uh, I, by the time I was like. I was. I think you and I have very different experiences with the franchise, which will make this interesting. Yeah. But I, you know, the, I think the show was the most popular thing when I was a kid. Uh, but just like the franchise generally was already popular by the time I was like a conscious, uh, uh, you know, five or six year old, however old you are, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I mean, <clears throat> the comic book was around for quite some time before the first feature film uh, swung around. And that is going to be 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's, that's kind of like, a, I mean, obviously Batman had been around for at least almost what, 25, 30 years at that point. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a little bit less than really 10 years before the, yeah. the turtles returned but to Batman. The, the, the first, the Burton Batman had just come out. Yeah. So, like this type of thing was kind of new. Definitely new. And I want to talk about that too. This is kind of like the, the, pro, the progeny, of superhero movies and in, in, in effect, like, you know, we, we had seen Superman and there was a little bit of lag between that, but then Batman really turned it on its ear by saying, you know, we can have dark superhero movies, you know, like we can, we can actually go through with this and, you know, create a film that is not only just for adult or, or for kids, but also for adults. And I think that, you know, the, the prevailing theme of this is that one of these movies actually takes this by the horns and the rest of the ones that we're going to watch today uh, or that we watched over these last couple of weeks, they, they just really haven't in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's the first one kind of had the, the first one had the benefit of like, not that many of them had been made. Right. So they could kind of do whatever they wanted. And even though it's crazy, people didn't really bat an eye at like the costumes <clears> and stuff. Uh, but then by the time it got to the Bay, the first Bay one, which I guess yeah. the Bay one, cause he didn't direct out of the shadows, but, uh, did produce it. Um, by the time it got to that, it was much more a product of newer superhero movies, obviously. Uh, and it, the first one, the first Bay one just isn't as, isn't as strong because it's emulating stuff that had been like more figured out. And so even though it's probably sold, you know, the same amount of merchandise ultimately, or existed to sell them out the same amount of merchandise, it feels more uh, systematically made into a product than the original one does. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, this, this was a, 
and I, I cannot be more clear on this. Um, this was a phenomenon <laughs> in the in the late eighties, early nineties. Like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was something that no one had ever seen. I don't, I don't know if you you've seen the Toys That Made Us doc, documentary show on uh, Netflix. Pat, have you seen that about the have, the, yeah. uh, the toys? Yeah, <laughs> like just just how much money they had made off of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just off of selling toys. And, you know, everything had to have a toyetic property to it, including yeah. the TV show, the the, the turtle uh, van, the Technodrome, everything like that was created to, you know, get put, you know, put money into, you know, uh, pockets at that point. Yeah. Playmates, Playmates Toys was, was doing it at that I, point. I'm sure that my first exposure to the franchise was uh, the toys. Like at somebody's house or something before it was any version of uh, anything on screen or the comic. I the, the biggest toy I had was the Technodrome, and that was like some like one hundred and fifty dollar monstrosity that had so many secret compartments and like a huge eye that would pop off of it. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of this thing. Let me see if I can find a, a link to it uh, and put it in the in our little chat here like it, it was it was huge like it, this was a huge thing and, and I, I had toys i had the weapons i had everything pat like i was i was serious about it and yeah no ever, I think oh man yeah this thing is like, insane it looks like the death star it's crazy right and, yeah. the, and the the inside of it was massive it had like a jail in it uh it, it had like a command center this thing was crazy and it had so many pieces that i i just don't think like as a kid like how in hell was I supposed to maneuver with this thing and take it anywhere? It also rolled. It was like a huge tank. Yeah, this thing is wild. They just don't make them like this anymore. No, they don't. They just and don't. And if they did, it would cost so much money. Oh yeah, for sure. Like like the old the old Transformers uh, toys, or like I used to have the Beast Wars toys back in the day. Those yeah, were my Beast that was Beast my Wars jam. Were amazing, even though I could never figure out how to properly uh, uh, transform them like a hundred percent. Well, that was part of the the fun, though, right? Of, of these of those transformer toys, it was like trying to figure out how to transform them. I wasn't huge on the original, the the OG series of transformers until I was much much older. So I kind of hopped in on Beast Wars. So Beast Wars is the best one. Everyone knows it. Yeah, like I I had the Dinobot. I had the Transmetal, where you had a uh, Optimus Primal with a surfboard. I don't know if you've ever seen. Yeah, that I remember one. that because the sh the show was the Beast Wars show was my first exposure to transformers in any like real capacity and it's so crazy how it transcended age in that way like i remember the originals uh premiering so many ambulances if you know yeah the world the world it, it's doomsday literally doomsday but uh but if you were to be born literally two years after me you were getting a different experience you're not getting the technodrome you're you're probably not even seeing um you know TMNT on TV anymore because at that point, a little bit after that, it was it was done. Like they they weren't they weren't going. Uh, yeah, I mean I remember they kind of reran it around uh, Ghostbusters sometimes, but yeah. uh, Ghostbusters was more popular by then. Like uh, the oh Ghostbusters cartoon had kind of transplanted uh, TMNT a little bit because it was also I, like a guy team. I have to show you this. I have to show you this in, in here. This is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Go to this link. This is the weirdest shit. Please click on this link. I'm looking at like Technodrome toys and this literally came up. 
This is an Etsy one? Yeah, this is insane. Hang on. This is the, the, the craziest thing ever. Hey, we should put a link to this in the, uh, or, or at least a picture of this. Fuck? Bro. This is awesome. It is literally, and you guys can't see this, it is Michelangelo groping April O'Neil. A signed cos cosplay print for $10. This is we crazy. We should buy this and give it away. Yeah, we actually should. This is... There's only three left. <laughs> yeah, we should literally buy this and give right, this away. Late fees giveaway. Be late a, please be on the lookout for the signed cosplay print April O'Neil and Mikey 20 by 30 centimeters. <laughs> it's, it's, it's measured... Bro, it's measured in centimeters, so there's no way it's coming from America. Oh, no, no, Two no. Two no, no. weeks from Russia. <laughs> from Russia. Right from Russia. So... If you are feeling down and you really want the, the memory of this episode and you're listening, uh, let us know if you want this print. We're going to put a picture of this print up uh, when we promote this episode. If you want this print of Michelangelo groping April, please let us know, late fees fans. Uh, definitely was not looking for this when I <laughs> set out to find <laughs> the techno drone pictures. But yes, I mean, the, the, the turtles were a huge mainstream fixture. And literally the world. Um, I everyone has favorites. Uh, Pat, I have a feeling that your favorite is Michelangelo. Am I right or wrong? Uh, I do like him a lot. He's the biggest pizza fiend, I think, of, of all. <laughs> or like, even though they're all fucking addicts. You call him a pizza fiend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your favorite turtle? Uh, I'm still. I I I did like uh, Michelangelo a lot. I the it was kind of the the hardest thing honestly about learning all of them is they had pretty distinctly different designs between uh the two old movies and the two new ones like other than the uh bandanas they are pretty radically different yeah yeah uh I th and even even the way they draw them and the way that their heads are shaped the way that they are like they they they're, they're Muscles, all that stuff is like just really cool how they they manage over the years to uh, develop or you know design them so differently. I, I think you know Raphael is my favorite. Obviously, my favorite color is red. So as a child, I just gravitated towards him. I said, "Hey, I'm angry too." So I said, "You know what?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gravitate towards Raphael. But the way that he's always been drawn is like he's more hunched over. He's more muscular. His his the the, the slits in his uh his headband are like a little bit lower, so that he looks more more like you know brutish and tough. Um, I, I'm really like just partial to them. I was never really a big yeah. fan of Leonardo. He's like a goody two shoes. I can't, I can't, I can't vibe with that. Yeah, that's that's he. There was when they were in the, I think in the final one, the and out of the shadows, they did like a huddle up and everybody put their hands in, and the, they each each all four of them had like a trait, and the two of the traits were like really, really similar, like. Logic was one, and like a plan was the other one. Like, it was, <laughs> like it was like passion, smarts, uh, uh, plans, and logic, or something. Like, it was not a perfect foursome of uh, of traits, but they do a pretty good job, I think, in all the movies of uh, maybe not so much the second one from the '90s, which I think yeah. is the worst of the four. You think uh, that? You think so? It's either that one or uh, the first Bay one. 
Hmm. I think the I think the first, the very first one, and out of the shadows were the two. Yeah, it, yeah I, and I and I really want to I I, I want to get to those as well. And yeah, I we'll think that get there it, in the second half of the. I think that it, it, it's funny. Wow, just reported, uh, Disneyland theaters casinos exempt from California coronavirus. That is order. absolutely <laughs> insane. We live in the most fucked country. You can still go to Disneyland, everyone. No so, gatherings of over 250 people unless you're going to Disneyland, in which case, fuck it. This is hilarious. This is great. Like, everything canceled except Disneyland. This is so fucking funny. But my, my girlfriend's literally like, should we go to Korean barbecue? And I was like, yeah, why not? And then in the, like, the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know. But now I'm like, you know what? We're going to go to Korean barbecue. Why not? People oh, can go to Korean barbecue. Yeah. People, people can go to Disneyland. Why not? Yeah, I, mean, that's the, I don't know. It's it's it really makes you feel fucking crazy because you're like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just stay home. Uh, so yes, let's get to a little bit of background on all the movies that we're gonna watch. Uh, the first up, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, from 1990. Um, be clear, we're not gonna. I'm not going to. Uh, even though I watched it, we're not gonna touch on the uh, the movie that dropped in 2007. And um, and not only did it drop in 2007, it made it incredibly difficult to find all of these movies. <laughs> yes. Because because of that one, it fucked up the search in every single way I tried to view the movies. Because it, it is literally called TMNT, and uh, none of the other ones are called that. They're they're explicitly spelled out, and I guess that's the way to uh, to actually, you know, separate it from everyone else. But I I do enjoy that movie. Um, I might I might touch on it when we do our our, our binge five minute uh, reviews of these movies yeah, after yeah. the break. Um, but the nineteen ninety movie nineteen nineties movie. Uh, directed by Steve Barron. Do you know any of the other movies that Steve Barron has has uh, directed? I do not, but I imagine that when I hear them, it won't be especially surprising. His next movie after this was Coneheads. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What a career. And he also directed the awful, awful, awful Adventures of Pinocchio. Uh, oh, with the one with like the, the live action one? Yes, with Martin yeah, Landau. Yeah, and Jonathan, T- yes, he directed that movie, and I think that was kind of like the last movie they gave him like a huge, huge, huge budget for. Um, but he directed that movie as well, as well as While You Were Sleeping. Well, actually, no, 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 he produced that movie. I'm sorry. I was gonna say if he directed that, he what a strange career. Yeah, he he produced that one, but uh, yeah, he pretty much after Adventures of Pinocchio, he did 2000's Rat. Which is a it was a British uh, comedy film. Uh, it looks pretty terrible. I watched the trailer okay, for it. Okay, okay. But yeah, that that was you know his his legacy was that, and this is probably the highest grossing movie he had ever done. Uh, the budget was thirteen million dollars, and it made over two hundred million dollars in theaters globally. For and it was I think it was the uh, it was the ninth highest grossing film of nineteen ninety worldwide. It's crazy that it wasn't higher. I guess movies just made more money back then. But I mean, that's even. I mean, that would be pretty good. It's a lot of movies. That's, that's that's like a Bloomhouse movie today. You know, they make they do this regularly, and it's still impressive there. So, it it was literally like an indie movie, essentially. Like you have to remember, it was it was distributed by uh, New Line Cinema, and at that point, they were still pretty much 
an in independent film company for them to get this license and to do what they did with it at that time in 1990 was pretty crazy. Yeah. And groundbreaking, like for, you know, this was one of the first franchises that, I mean, the, not to put all the blame on these because that's not true, but like this and transformers and ghostbusters, like that is the, the slippery, that was the top of the slippery slope that got us to where we are now with, every single thing being a licensed product more or less. So, you know, this being one of the first ones was world changing. Yeah. And they, it was shopped around to Disney, Columbia, MGM, Orion, Paramount, uh, and Warner Brothers, who all turned the movie down for distribution, thinking that it would be a, a box office flop. Like they did not believe in this movie at all, uh, but they did have some pretty big names working behind the scenes on it. Jim Henson's Creature Fact, Creature Shop, uh, did the designs for the turtles and the film was released less than two months before his death. How crazy is that? It is crazy. And I believe uh, one of them is dedicated to him. Yes. Uh, I think the, the next one is, I believe, I think uh, secret of the use is um, they were very upset about this movie though, because it, they did not know it was so violent. <laughs> the the Henson company. Yes. That's, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it is violent. But I mean, there's plenty that of time. Yeah, that there's time. plenty of cartoonishly violent stuff that happens in, even in Muppet Christmas Carol. Jesus Christ! I mean, <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island. That's a crazy movie. There's some violence in that. Um. So Not yeah, the, guns, but. So I mean, the the movie, you know, critically was lambasted. But what do they know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't know anything about it. Like you know, I think I think time. Uh, it was especially kind to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, 1990, uh, and we'll talk about it right after the break here. But let's get to the second movie we'll be watching, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Hello, Roman. Literally just laid right beside me and snored. Thank you. So oh, me. Thank you so much. Um, this movie was released a year after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1. Directed by Michael Pressman. I just wanted to get to all of the people who have directed these films because it is literally like a revolving door to a point where I don't even think that these movies need directors. If you if you know what I mean, like well, it doesn't mean like, it's like how uh, on uh, they say, and this is becoming less true with larger budgeted shows. But for you know probably until twenty fifteen, the ethos of if you were directing a TV episode was. Like your job is to be not noticed because they just, you know, 15 to 20 episodes of a show and have a different director for every single one. So this is kind of like that. And that like, even if you're a director, the turtles aren't under your umbrella, you're entering their world. And it's funny that you say that because Michael Pressman is known for directing uh, Law and Order, True Crime, The Menendez Murders. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and things of that nature. So he's, he's pretty much known for television stuff. And uh, he he won two Emmys for executive producing uh, Picket Fences. So Okay, okay. Yeah, there you go. After that, he, he went right up. Uh, and the movie stars Paige Turco. Uh, and if you don't know who Paige Turco is, she, she, was, uh, she was in All My Children. Okay, so that's a little bit of a weird, uh, huge <laughs> at the time. She was in Guiding Light, All My Children. Uh, she was also in Party of Five for one season. Uh, and currently, she, she's been in NCIS. Uh, so she's still around. Uh, I think just as, just as uh, recently as 2014, she was starring in that TV show. So a lot of TV actors here. 
Uh, no Casey uh, Jones in this movie uh, as it, they did not return. Uh, Elias uh, did not return. What was his name? Elias. I'm not even in here. I think it's Elias. Uh, Elias. Corteus. Yes. He's been in some shit, too. He's Canadian. And yeah, they really pulled a lot of people in here. From TV. Then, yeah. Yeah, he he he's in Chicago Justice, Chicago Med, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, the whole Chicago series on TV. He's still around. Yeah, uh, not too many uh, big, big, big movies, but he was in Zodiac. Okay, that's a good one. I have to yeah, finish Zodiac. I've never finished watching it. Great movie, I thought. He, he was yeah. also in Collateral Damage. Uh, he was an app pupil. He was in Gattaca. It's, Kind of crazy that he, you know, he, he still found a career yeah, after a wild teenage Ninja Turtles too. Uh, but as far as budget, uh, the movie had a way bigger budget than the first one, twenty-five million dollars. Pat, do you see anything in that movie that could have cost that much? No, it, I think the second one looks so much worse than the first one. Uh, it looks like a TV show. Yeah, in almost every way, it looks worse. Uh, I was, you know, and Splinter, I think, is the biggest thing that looks bad about it. Uh, but you know, we'll get we'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it had twenty-five million dollar budget, but made way, way less in the U.S. Uh, than the first one. Seventy-eight million dollars. Still not too bad. I mean, not, not terrible. Yeah, not a phenomenon. Yeah, not not a phenomenon like the first one. Uh, you know, Dude, it, I didn't even know there was a third one. Oh boy, we're and we're not going to talk about that one. But why? <laughs> why? Why? How about we not? Uh, skip over it. I'll talk about the third one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 deals with time travel. I was going to say uh, Samurais? Yeah, they, they they time travel back to... And this is weird because Elias Koteas actually comes back for this one. This movie is actually even more of like a TV episode, very special episode than the first one. Uh, the the creature effects and, and the turtle effects were, were done by a completely lower, like lower budget version of uh, the the graphics company or the, the, the costuming company that than before it was a company called all effects company. Uh, okay. terrible. Like the, the turtles look literally rubber in teenage mutant Ninja turtles three. It, it's terrible. They go back to uh, 1603 feudal Japan. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really, really bad. Um, the budget was $21 million only made 42. So barely enough to basically pay for the marketing. So that was a terrible movie. It actually killed, the franchise at that point, uh, Golden Harvest, the, produ the production company that was doing these movies, they they knew way before that the Turtles phenomenon was going out by 1993. There were, you know, you know what happened in 93. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers happened, and the, the Turtles were literally out of favor at that point. Yeah, I, I was gonna say because that that the Power Rangers has to be the biggest reason that uh, Turtles weren't really a presence in my life because yeah. Power Rangers was massive for a very long time. So. Uh, from 1993 to 2014 is the amount of time we had to wait for the 2014 edition, the new generation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, also known as TMNT 2014. Uh, it starred Megan Fox, Will Arnett, William Fincher, uh, Jeremy Howard, a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> like a, a lot, lot. A lot. Crazy uh, cast. Fucking, uh, voice of Splinter is um, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, he's awesome. 
the Johnny Knoxville does Leonardo's voice in this movie as well, uh, as well as some some character uh, character actors for uh, voice acting wise uh, do the the other turtles voices. Uh, I think we're bearing the lead here, but it was produced by Michael Bay, uh, Andrew Form, yeah. and Brad Fuller of Platinum Dunes. It was a Platinum Dunes remake. They were as they were known to do at the time with movies like Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which they got a couple of sequels out of, and Nightmare on Elm Street. They were remaking everything at this point. Uh, and they- Shout out to their Friday, uh, their Nightmare, uh, the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> just one of the worst, uh, most mean and unfun movies ever. Just lambasted movies of all time. Just completely murdered it. Uh, no no, uh, no pun yeah. intended. You put the, the print in the group chat. I'm, I am currently laughing at that silently right <laughs> I now. I want Eric to see it. Um, Jonathan Liebsman directed this. Pat, can you guess what recent movie, literally this year, uh, he was he, he uh, directed or helped do reshoots for? Oh, that's a grim, a grim sentence. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming it was something with CG. Uh, I can't. What oh, the yeah, fuck you're, is you're coming out right. here? What the fuck right. is coming out with? Oh no. Yeah. Not uh, 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 Iron Man Four. Not Iron Man Four. What's that? Doctor Doolittle. Yes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, he did no. the reshoots for Doolittle. Uh, we can all see how that uh, came out. Uh, he oh, also, no. He also directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, which makes sense because he oh, no. another another Platinum Dunes joint. Yeah. Uh, he also did Battle Los Angeles <laughs> and uh, Wrath of the Titans. Okay, but is, is MTV still airing? Uh, no, they're not. Because they did that, you know, sort of Shannara, that extremely long-running fantasy book series. Uh, MTV yes, adapted that. Yeah, he he adapted the pilot of that. Which, if you direct a pilot of a long-running series, like you're good to go, like because you're credited on it as a producer forever, even if you never touch it again. Uh, but that, and I think they probably wanted this show to run a very long time, but uh, it ran two years. So yeah, uh, uh, it's very sad. So I imagine Joe, there was a lot of CGI. Yeah, a, a lot. And, and again, he is doing a lot of these movies that have heavy CGI. And this movie is, it has no less than at least what, what do you think? Like 10,000 CGI shots in this, in this yeah, movie? Yeah, be so many. Like there, there was a lot of green screen done in here. Uh, the budget was 125 to 150 million. Not really sure or not really confirmed what the actual budget was, but it made a killing uh, overseas which helped the actual box office gross grow to a $493 million. It was that's one of the, impressive. That's wild. One of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest blockbusters of the year. It did such a good job. Uh, and again, like it, it, it killed it. It really did kill it over overseas. Um, it, and this is next to uh, next to guardians of the galaxy at that time too. Yeah. And it honestly, I think it looks better than a lot of the movies that came out at that time. Absolutely, uh, it looked amazing, but you can imagine they probably weren't like even though you know for all the shit we give Marvel and how bad they end up looking a lot of the times. You imagine that at least someone wants them to look good, and with this one, they probably were just like, "Ah, eh, we need it to look pretty good." Like nobody's gonna give a shit if it looks amazing. They'll give a shit if it looks terrible. But I bet they weren't exactly swinging for the fences here, which no. makes me it's even more impressive that it hasn't aged that poorly. 
And Bebop and Rocksteady in the second one, same thing. They look good too. They do. They actually, they really do. And and we'll we'll talk about that out the shadows. But before we get, we talk about the background of that as well. Uh, TMNT 2014 won some awards, Pat. It won some. Uh, I'm guessing they're not good ones. No. Uh, at the 35th annual Golden Raspberry Awards. Yeah. Megan Fox won for Worst Supporting Actress. Okay, uh, this is something that we have touched on on the show before. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, she was, like, crucified for no reason. And this was, like, still – like, after, this was kind of right before she went into, like, uh, onto her – what seemed like a hiatus, like, yes. after this. After Out of the Shadows. Uh, yeah. Out of the, after Out of the Shadows, which uh, came out two years after – uh, 2016. They were they were pumping these out, and I think that they saw the success of um, the first movie, and they said, you know what, we can probably we could probably get another one out of this. Uh, Megan Fox does return in this movie uh, along with Stephen Amell, who joins in. Will Arnett returns. Laura Linney is in this movie. Uh, did, did I forget to mention that Whoopi Goldberg was in the first the, the first one? That was strange. She actually uh, she joined the movie because her her kids are big fans of of it, and I actually that's the prevailing theme of both of these movies. Everyone who's in it. Are in it because of their children. So, and, and yeah, yeah. that's why you can't really judge the, you know, you can't really judge the acting prowess in these movies. Yeah, like, yeah. who was looking at Oscar level acting from a movie about huge CGI turtles? I thought Megan Fox in both movies did the best with what she could. She could. You know, yeah, I mean, they're making essentially like a kids movie. Yeah. Like, and Laura, Laura Linney, like- Laura Linney is having a blast. Tyler yeah. Perry, Tyler Perry is having a complete blast in this movie. Uh, I, I couldn't be mad at it that much, really. Yeah, I thought uh, even the supporting, like I actually didn't know that uh, that Arnett was in this franchise, uh, <laughs> and you know I love him, yes. so it was you know that was a, a huge surprise. Uh, it was obviously great to see a Mel. Uh, he was funny, and I, uh, I as Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, that's how I picture you and Eric uh, when you lived in Virginia. Yeah, that that literally was us. Uh, <laughs> purple hair and all. Purple hair and all. Uh, Out of the Shadows was directed by uh, Dave Green. Once again, no surprise. This is yet another person who is known for music videos and movies that have to do with a lot of CGI. His yeah, first movie, Earth the Echo, before this. Yes, Earth the Echo uh, was before this, uh, and this was literally his second movie he's ever directed ever. Uh, which is hilarious, uh, but I, I mean, his upcoming movie that he has coming is is a Wiley Coyote movie. So yeah, Coyote versus Acme, more CGI. Yeah, yeah way exactly. There, there's a theme with all these movies, and I think there is a reason. Uh, the budget for this was 135 million dollars, and it brought in a disappointing 245 million. And I and something that I think word of mouth. Really did kill uh, the sequel to this movie because I think you wanted to get the crazy stuff the first time instead of another origin story. Of course, it's going to do well, but I think honestly, critical reception really did bury this. I think we were kind of coming to the to the point in movie watching where you know things like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that did matter. I'm not saying that TMNT 2014 was good, but I am saying that people really did vote with, with their wallets in 2016 with this movie, and they yeah. were like, you know what, this is we can't do another one of these. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, because uh, it was like, it kind of, even though it was so popular originally by the, by 2016, it was like filling a niche market almost because a lot, like 
I, we were talking about this a few weeks ago off, I mean, obviously off, off mic, but you're, st- even though you are a little bit older than me, you're still on the younger end of Ninja Turtles fans. Yeah. And so by 2016, those guys were like were older than we are now in a lot of cases. And you have to imagine weren't still so into it that they were like, yeah, we got to get there for it. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so when we get back from break, we're going to be talking about TMNT 1 and 2 from the 90s and 1 and 2 from the 2010s. Uh, this should be very interesting. We're going to put five, maybe we'll put seven minutes on the clock yeah. uh, for each of these movies. And we'll talk about them and give them their grades. And then we'll figure out if we keep this franchise in the video store. So when Late Fees returns, we'll be talking about and binging the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies in full. Be right back. about who or what this is? I don't know, but I'll better never ask to look for a can opener. <laughs> you fight well in the old style, but you've caused me enough trouble. Now you face the Shredder. The Shredder? <laughs> uh, maybe all that hardware's for making coleslaw. I got him. This guy's good. Yeah. Why don't you go next? Thank you. Uh, match it for it? One, two, three. Damn great. Kawa fucking bunga dudes. We're back on late fees. You know one thing that bothers me about the, the, the Turtles movies, or not doesn't bother me, like, but bothers me to a point where I'm like, it's just so unnatural, is like in these movies, every single one of them, their banter when they when they like celebrate, like, yeah, well, yeah, whoa. They, they go from like being re- they're all like they're like they're like frat guys basically <laughs> like they are like and they're not just like they're frat guys because they all have like one thing that like kind of makes them different. But then in the end, they all just want to like eat pizza and party. It, I I think the the most egregious example of this in like in part two when they're still doing all of the same things they did in part one. It's like it's way yes, less natural. The same guys. <laughs> so much more. Uh, so much more cringy than the first time they did it. Okay, uh, they were fucking flexing though in the second one. Uh, at the Knicks game, like I mean, I'm not gonna pretend yeah, out of the shadow. Yeah, we have. To yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Shadow. I'm getting way ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll save it. Yeah, well, we'll save it for out of the shadows. Let's uh, let me put down seven minutes on the clock since it's just me and you, Pat. We'll have a lot more time to talk about these uh, movies. Put seven minutes on the clock. We're gonna go straight to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990, starting now. I think it's. Without question, to me, even even as an adult seeing this movie, it is unabashedly a really great movie. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, after you know, basically going my entire life without seeing it, I was skeptical that uh, I'd be able to enjoy it without the childhood enthusiasm and nostalgia behind it. But it's honestly like a pretty well-made ninety minutes. This stuff looks good, even though it looks goofy. 
it, it's really insane that a it still looks good even with the the turtle outfits i think that they put a lot of spritz on them and, and they made them look very wet if you will yes, but um yes. I, I i mean the fight scenes are tight um i i think the story even the, even the storyline of it being a pseudo origin story pseudo kind of introduction to the to the universe was actually well done but it's still very grounded in a way where i, I think it's interesting that movies like you know, superhero movies at that time weren't trying to be that grounded. They were absolutely trying to be right from the page. And this one was a actual grounded in reality take on the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it's very earnest. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, the, you know, I, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on the, on the plot in, in any of these movies. But, you know, it's the basic crux of all of them is that the Turtles are uh, they team up with April O'Neil and Casey Jones to take down uh, Splinter and the Foot Clan who have, who have been terrorizing New York City. Um, of course, we get the classic scenes like, uh, you know, the introduction scene where they all introduce themselves. We get the intro, which I think is still one of my favorite introductions to any movie when uh, you don't see the turtles at all until the like the first six minutes of the movie. And they come out and they're all saying all of these uh, these catchphrases. And I, I still love this scene. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, the it feels really 80s uh, in a good way. And again, it was just like. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, the jokes are, are hilarious. Uh, you have Judith Hogue as April O'Neil, as, as we said before the break, Elias Coteas as uh, Casey Jones. There are Skeet Ulrich is in this movie as well. Scott, Scott Wolf is in this movie. Sam Rockwell has lines in this movie. How about what? That? I didn't even notice that. You didn't notice Sam Rockwell? No, in this movie? I didn't notice him. He's the guy that's passing the kid the, uh, the cigarettes. Oh, wow. Now that you say it, it's like incredibly obvious. You you can notice Sam Rockwell's. He, I got sure. I gotta I gotta go back and look. Uh, you also have Corey Feldman as Donatello, which is of course, uh, of course, nice bit of stunt casting there. Um, I I think uh, the the big uh, reason why this movie kind of stands out among all kids movies is like obviously it's a little bit violent. There are people that get hit in the face and get punched and beat up, but there is the Raphael scene. Where he is, uh, where he gets beat up by the Foot Clan. This this scene is traumatizing still to me. At thirty, in my thirties, I'm traumatized by this scene. Like it, it is really visceral. Uh, him getting beat up by like thirty dudes, but also very much like a a, a piece of this movie is is uh, Raphael's journey more so than the other turtles. I feel as though they handled this super well. In fact, a lot better than they did in the 2014 uh, reimagined. They did a good job of. Uh making of kind of funneling the story of all of the turtles through just Raphael, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like there was never going to be room for all of them to be, you know, the main characters in this movie. And some of them don't need it. Like Michelangelo doesn't need a story arc, you know, yeah, like, is, you know, think about it like an army movie. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have some, one guy is just there, you know, for jokes. That's okay. Like it, it, it is, you know, and again, Raphael is, is someone who is dealing with his anger, dealing with, uh, you know, it, it, like, what could you say, like, the, the impetus would be behind his, his anger? I, I know this is a kid's movie and we're, we're thinking too deeply into it, but I think that there's actually something of substance there. I think the, the whole franchise does a pretty good job of, uh, it, you know, exploring what it means to be you basically and being, yes. you know, happy with yourself yes. and, and the way that they, you know, do that is in the, in the first one, especially through Raphael. And he's the most conflicted about 
his sense of identity. And in the later movies, it's kind of tied to them as a team more than him as an individual. But to give it, you know, to give it some footing in that original movie, it was a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow, this is breaking news. It has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. No, Disneyland, is. Disneyland is closed throughout the end of March. This wow, is unprecedented. That, that is crazy. Uh, we were just talking off mic. Uh, the only other times Disneyland has been closed uh, were for the JFK assassination, 9-11, and the Northridge earthquake. So this is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. We're living in some crazy times here. Uh, even crazier is the fact that at the end of this movie, uh, just skipping ahead to it, they murder Shredder. Let's just talk about that. Oh, yeah. I, I was into it. <laughs> they literally throw Shredder off of a building, which is bad enough, into a dumpster, which is even worse, and they crush him in it, which <laughs> is – this is a kid's movie. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. There are a few of these. Uh, I think if you watch, it's not the, quite the same because they're animated. But like in, um, you know, the animated Disney Tarzan that came out, you know, yeah. probably 20 years ago at this point. The yeah. the hunter who's the villain in that movie, he like Tarzan, like he kind of he, he hangs himself on a bunch of vines. Basically, uh, there are some kid movies where there are some crazy deaths. Oh yeah, for sure. They're, and I'm I'm into it. The, the the murder and the amount of murder in this movie is insane. There's a part where one of the foot soldiers uh, they hit a a wire with the axe and they're they're electrocuted and it's played for laughs. But I'm like I'm pretty sure he's dead after this. Oh yeah, the 80s loved stuff like that, or I guess the 90s. Uh, but you, you just the violence was way funnier then. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that is seen even in Turtles, uh, the first movie. Really did enjoy it. I, I I can't you know say stress this enough. Like it's on Netflix now. Definitely check it out as one of like the first real like superhero movies of the time. I'll keep this. I I really enjoy this movie a lot. Yeah, I think just from a uh, historical perspective, you have to keep it. And it's I think absolutely solid enough to where you don't really have to defend keeping it. Yeah, I mean that that's a, that's a good enough reason to me. Not only that, not, not only that, I think that it, it is, uh, you know, it is still a, a a crazy concept that they managed to get over. That this is a movie that does keep the comedy and and the heart of the comics, but keeps a dark tone, and you know, people enjoy it. I thought this movie was a classic as a kid, and you know, there are, you know, some nagging issues with it. Obviously, it, it is very 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 uh shallow as a movie but yeah, yeah. I think as a whole it's really enjoyable yeah it's it's for what it, it I, don't, I don't even i hesitate to even say for what it is uh because that makes it seem uh that's kind of a that's that phrase has a negative connotation that's not what i mean uh it it achieves what it sets out to do and it's still uh still relevant i would say absolutely you want to go to this next one yeah, not quite the same feelings on this one. <laughs> We're going to go to 1991's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of Ooze. Really good name. Oh, I, yeah. Fantastic name. A lot of uh, Ooze names in the franchise. Very, very good name here. Uh, I, I have, you know, some notes here. This movie is very mean-spirited. Let's just be clear here. Within the first 10 minutes, Kino, who I hate, immediately fat shames a woman and says, I'll dream of something thinner. Did you catch this line? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, 
this type of thing. Uh, I mean, I think it's just this era of movies, unfortunately, but it's uh, pretty strong in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as well as like annoying characters that we have to deal with that I just don't really uh, care for. Uh, the tone is sillier and it's very apparent from the start of the movie. It's way more family friendly. Uh, I think the biggest thing you'll notice right off the off the top of it is that the turtles actually don't use their weapons. Like they use yo-yos and sausages and stuff like that. Not they they actually I actually get their weapons thrown away literally in every fight. And it 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 kind of allows them to, uh, you know, it, there's more gimmicks because of that. Yeah, and, and I mean it, more gimmicks, but also a big retread or a feeling of of, of the retread. I, I feel like there, this movie was riding so high on TMNT's success that they tried to replicate the original with like none of the writing that made it a success, and not even the director. Obviously, like we mentioned before, even came back for this. Uh, like they redo the turtle intro from the first movie again. So we're introduced to these characters that we already know again. Yeah. And I mean, that's obviously something that uh, happens a lot throughout franchises like this, not just this one, but uh, many of them in the yeah. end. Uh, this, also, this, the second one just feeling like a shitty emulation of the first one, which also, this one really does. You also have uh, Raphael walking away from the team yet again. Which again, I thought we I thought we solved this in the first movie. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, we didn't. Uh, the, I, I thought that the turtles finding a new home subplot took a long time too. Uh, obviously, in the first movie, the Foot Clan found where they lived at, and that's how they were a lot. They they were able to, to capture Splinter. Uh, but they did what they they're trying to find a new home, and that takes up pretty much the first like the whole first act of the movie, which I felt was, was like the first act felt like it was like fifty minutes long. It's it's long and it's corny and it just like it feels so much more of the era than uh, anything in the first one that is also a little bit corny. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's just it's not fan service necessarily, but just uh, you know you can tell that they were like, oh, people are just gonna like this. You know, it, it feels like setups more than story. Yeah, I mean, you, you do all of these things again. You you get Raphael set up again, and he, he gets captured this time instead of beat up, which, again, family-friendly tone. You know, a lot of people, they, the first movie caught a lot of flack for its violence. But I think in, in, in all, like, I even put it in my notes, like, this movie is really boring. Like, I was not compelled. I, I, I was actively disinterested in it, more so than the first one. Yeah, absolutely. The first one, I was like, Okay, here we go. Like this is awesome. Uh, it was it was fast. Uh, you know, it, it this one I think is about the same length, but because of the structure of it, feels so much longer. Yeah, it it, it, it is it. Oh, let me see if it's just like, is it shorter than the first one? This one is eighty eight minutes long, so it's two. I believe it's two minutes shorter. Yeah, it's it's four minutes shorter than the first movie. And it feels way longer, and that's just because of just the bloat of the movie. Like it, it just doesn't move at a clip at all. Like it, it just feels as though we, we we're stuck on jokes for way too long. The Kino subplot is absolutely terrible. Like, what is Splinter even teaching him that that actually like actively matters in this movie at all? Like he's he's just there because they liked him because he was one of the stuntmen in the first movie. I don't know if yeah. you knew that, but yeah, and they just they want him to come back, which I thought was completely ridiculous. Of course, everyone wanted Bebop and Rocksteady, but instead we get Toka and Razor, who were made from the same ooze that the Turtles were, were made from. Did you like these two, or did you just think that they were yet another comedic uh, comedic aspect to this movie that already has like 10 of them? 
I did kind of think uh, definitely the second thing uh, because it, again, like I knew that Bebop and Rocksteady existed, uh, and I knew that this wasn't Bebop and Rocksteady. So you know, it's it feels it's it feels dumb when they're doing like a halfway version of something else that you know exists. Like how we always complain about how in Dark Knight it's not uh, Montoya. In yeah. uh, like it's just like there's a, a very a, a very featured Latina police officer or detective, and for some reason, it's not the character we know she's based on. Like it's just it just feels poorly planned, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vanilla Ice is in this movie. Yeah, uh, we want to talk about of the era and aging poorly. Yeah, how did I just want to know how he knew to perform that song when they were there? Yeah, no one, that's, no, no one knows who the turtles are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, movie logic. It's the magic of uh, magic of, of film. So the storyline, or the crux of the storyline, is that that Shredder uh, finds the TCRI ooze that created the turtles. Uh, he wants to create bio soldiers, bioengineered soldiers from that, and uh, he creates Token and Razor. Of course, the turtles find out how to stop them thanks to the help of one of the scientists that works at TCRI, and they stop them. Shredder takes some of the ooze himself. And somehow doesn't we don't we're not really clear on what the ooze does, but he turns into the super shredder and he basically kills himself. That's it. Yeah, uh, it's it's another. Uh, I mean, it's not the nicest death on this one either. He uh, shredder gets it uh, gets it bad. Yeah, he he has a whole pier fall on him. Yeah, <laughs> which which he caused himself because he wouldn't stop trying to kill them. So yeah. Great writing there, guys. Yeah, uh, he's Shredder. Uh, he's, his own, he's his own worst enemy, and this isn't the last time. I thought this was pretty much a shallow, uh, shallow, shallow, shallower version of the first movie. Uh, didn't really enjoy it. I thought the jokes didn't land for me. I can see why this made way less money, and the and the movie subsequently after this one made way less after that. Uh, it just feels as though they lost the plot and started going for money here. Uh, I'm not keeping this in the video store. No, I, I'm not keeping it either. Let's move a decade, almost a decade, or actually no, almost two decades. Yeah, it's crazy that it was that long. That's crazy. To TMNT 2014, starting now. I just got to get this out the way. Uh, I didn't enjoy this movie. I think I liked it even less than I saw, I saw it in theaters in 2014, but uh, and didn't like it then. I think that April O'Neil, and I'm sorry if this is spoilers, but you, I mean, you're probably not. You probably don't care. Uh, April knowing the turtles and giving them their names when they were younger is literally the worst thing they could have done here. Yeah, it's such a. I mean, it's a. a it's not necessary, like at all. For I, I mean, for any reason in my mind. Uh, yeah, but, because you got to the you got to the to the connection with April and the turtles in the in the older movies without this this ass pull of a reasoning. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know why they decided to change it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think probably just to like in their minds make the story neater but it doesn't it's pointless yeah and the story isn't any more neater than anything like they introduce they pretty much introduce the ooze right away in this so i, I think that that's actually kind of cool because uh you know it, it, it's it's just getting all the crazy stuff out the way and when we talk about out of the shadows we'll talk about how they literally bust this all open and just don't give a shit anymore anyway but um i mean just a couple things i i, I didn't enjoy I did not like Michelangelo. He is really rapey and misogynistic in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's uh, the, the. I mean, he's like like a. Their like obsession with her is really gross. 
especially because she's like supposed to be their friend. So it like is it's kind of like like the like the friend zone stuff is like kind of icky. Yeah, it, it's it's really nasty. Um, I know, it, and it's like it goes into Michael Bay's obsession with Megan Fox. I really yeah. don't know what it is. But yeah, that's like what makes it the the like if there were there's plenty of of movies where there's like just gross kind of stuff because that's just how it is. Uh, not excusing it. it, it's bad that that's how it is, but that is how it is. Uh, in plenty of films, but in this case, like we know that Michael Bay had like a weird hang up obsession vendetta. <laughs> all of those toward Megan. Yeah, it, it, it's really nasty here, the way she shot, the way that things happen, the way that she's even characterized here. Like, she's not the, well, well she, you know, she's not the, how do I say, like, the, she, she still has a, a sense of independence and autonomy, but the way she's written is very, like, still ditzy. And, and I think that that's done on purpose. And I think that a lot of the, the her wins here are done, like, totally, like, on accident. And it's very weird that it's like she gets like the final kick on Shredder at the end because it's like none of that is really earned in, in a lot of ways. And, and it is – they do a kind of a good job of, you know, making her like independent of all these people who are like kind of creeping on her. But like even the Will Ferrell plot – or Will Ferrell, geez, uh Will Arnett plot is like also kind of creepy. Yeah, it, it, it is because he's trying to date her. Yeah, and like it's it's basically like the same type of like friend zone thing, and they, and then and it's like it's it's just not it doesn't work for me it doesn't land I think Will Arnett even being like the the romantic interest it I mean obviously it doesn't it doesn't play out in the end but it's still it's bad um, the turtles are are really ugly in this movie <laughs> yeah they look really weird uh, and I I think we can kind of chalk it up to like the production design of the era you know because of. It, it stuff just looked weird, hyper realistic. Yeah, because but the, the, they base these turtles off of actual turtles, like snapping turtles and stuff like Huge that. Huge mistake, very big mistake. Why don't you just do? I I thought here you could have went completely cartoonish and it still would have been okay. These are literal like they did not have to genetically look like this at all. Like it it just looks silly. I think that the the way that they uh, tried to give them their own like. Uh, their own personalities is cool, but they could have done it a different way. Like goggles and glasses on Donatello is just awful. It's too much. Yeah, it, and it doesn't look cool. Like it's there's too much going on. Like it does. Is his bandana like painted on? No, it's still a bandana. I th- uh, Raphael's bandana is like a do rag though, which is kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah, also kind of weird. And doesn't somebody has a, is rocking a fucking huge Cuban link. Uh, that's in the second movie, and it's Michelangelo, and I have a lot of problems with that. Okay. The plot the Cuban. No, no. There, there's, there's a big issue with that. Yes, I, uh, there is. There is. Even, even Shredder's suit is, like, so Michael Bay. It's literally, like, knives on knives on knives. And yeah, I, it looks like a, it's like a Michael Bay version of a Marvel movie, which I can't believe we never really ended up getting. He's probably too proud for that. Yeah. But uh, it, he it didn't stop him from fucking trying with this one. Not at all. Um, he definitely I, thought he was uh, uh, Kevin on this one, uh, Feige. Oh yeah, for sure. I I do like the subversion of the turtles always capture or, or Raphael always captured meme, where the other turtles do get captured in this movie. I thought it was nice to see him kind of uh, act as leader because they do once again redo the Raphael 
and Leonardo are fighting and don't like each other thing. I don't know why they continue to do this. And they do it again in Out of the Shadows. I would just love to see one movie where these two get along because they even do it in the 2017 version of this movie. And I'm like, okay, we get it. They are at each other's necks. I would love to see a movie where they're united. That's your brothers fight all the time. Oh, it's awful. It's it's, it's it terrible. Just sucks that, like it's just such like it's like fake stakes. Like you know, we know that them you know not being brothers or whatever is ultimately not going to be the thing that like keeps them apart or you yeah. know what like it's not this hiccup isn't the uh we just know that this is they're going to solve this easily like it's a placeholder beat yeah for sure and they know they can go to it every single time when they when they're hung up cuz cuz these characters but i mean you know these are characters that have been around for over 30 years like we, we can come up with other stories for them, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, they do. St- I think they're too scared of changing stuff when they don't realize like people would be into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, not much to say here. The plot is again by the numbers. Turtles trying to take down Shredder. The the ooze is in it as well. Um, some some nice cool fight scenes. The violence, at least the violence level from, and we're gonna go over time here, but at least the violence level. Uh, of the 90s movie is retained in both of these movies. It's, it's pretty violent. Uh, there, there are a lot of fight scenes. I, I can't agree that even if the turtles look ugly, the actual CGI motion work is actually pretty pretty damn good here. Yeah, and the, you know, I mean, clearly he had, the, they, the New York doesn't look, it looks like New York. I mean, yeah. they, it doesn't feel like, it feels like a pretty realized world, even if it isn't, uh, you know, the, all that, the, all it could be, and uh, I think that the, while the turtles look, don't look great in, but they do look great in fight scenes. I don't love Splinter's design at all. No, he it, looks. It looks really weird. It looks really scary. <laughs> like I'm, I'm surprised that kids weren't frightened of this. Movie. Like his fucking uh, Fu Manchu that he has in this movie is so gross. It like whatever it is made of, it looks so nasty. Uh. I know we're, we're we're way 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 over here, but um, still still a lot to to talk about uh, with this movie. Uh, William Fincher, who plays uh, William Sachs in the movie, he was originally supposed to be Shredder in the original script of the movie. They oh, had wow. they had to add the Shredder actor in after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> In order to be, because there were so many people that were pissed off about this, they added him in in reshoots. That's why he's barely in any other scenes with anyone else. That's insane. Yes, it was actually uh, it was crazy. Uh, but this is also this movie was was also the first movie that Megan Fox did with Michael Bay after she called she uh, compared him to Adolf Hitler. Yeah, uh, which we actually heard her talk about uh, in public. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's weird being that far from, they're this far from that now because it, it, it feels like it was never really resolved and these movies kind of make it even murkier. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really strange situation. So, uh, Out of the Shadows, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 2016 release. This movie is crazy as hell. 
No. Uh, this, yeah, in a, it, to me, in a good way. Now, you know how we talked about the cartoon and the Technodrome and characters like Krang and Bebop and Rocksteady who have never appeared in these movies for almost 20 years at this point? Well, they're here and it's crazy. And the movie does not shy away from like interdimensional travel, um, the idea of, of this being real, um, gadgets that look like they could never have been created in this lifetime, like the Turtle Man having like literal like what like like weapons that the army should be using or on, on this thing yeah uh, uh michelangelo michelangelo has a hoverboard in the movie as well i which again like it goes full on cartoon and out of the shadows and it's better for it and to a, to a point where i feel as though this should have been the movie they led with and then created a franchise off of yes absolutely because if they had gotten in with stuff like this i think it would have clued people into the fact that they were uh I don't know, going for it a little more or whatever. Uh, like, you know, if this is what you want, here it is. And like the, just, yeah, and, you know, the bebop and rock steady. And it, it didn't feel like it was, uh, it didn't feel like it was uh, selling out to, an, to like gain a wider audience. In fact, it was doing, yeah, for, it was like inaccessible. It, 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 it seemed, it, exactly. It seemed as though they literally said, you know what, man, fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it, it literally, where where it was like, you know what? We we are gonna do what we're gonna do here. We got the money to do it. We got a budget. Let's put Krang in it. Let's get Tyler Perry and make him back, uh, Baxter Stockman. Uh, that that was actually like the craziest part of the movie to me. I had no idea that he was in it. Uh, oh. and he's in like a huge chunk of the movie. Oh, total stunt casting. Total stunt casting here. Because it, like a fake Neil deGrasse Tyson, basically. <laughs> I love the scene where we were introduced to him, and uh, you know he he has his he he's uh, trying to to hook up with uh, with April O'Neil. She's flirting with him to get information. Yeah, and you sure. know, I I kind of forget that Tyler Perry really isn't that bad of an actor, right? Well, like I think he's good. I think he's good. At, he's good in this. He's good in Star Trek, even though he's only in it for two seconds. He's good in. Really good in Gone Girl. Yeah, he is. He's, he's good in there. Uh, Actually, as you well. know, I just realized that like Tyler Perry as a director compared to like David Fincher as a director, like they couldn't be more opposites. And then Tyler Perry like showed up to make a David Fincher movie and just like put his game face on and made it happen. And then learn nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which makes it even worse. <laughs> It is true. It is true. Uh, this is the worst performing. Uh, this is this is the the worst performing Turtles movie uh, ever, as far as like budget to actual money made. Why do you think? Uh, you know, and it's effectively killed the franchise again. But it's something that I want to talk about, like how Ninja Turtles. It goes on a wave, right? It, it starts up with like the '90s movies, then goes down with the third movie comes back and starts up relatively early with the first movie and then goes sharply down again in 2016. Is there a chance that these movies will like come back into favor again? I think so. I think they could be doing it right now if um, they hadn't had the opportunity so recently. Like if, if somebody else had done them, uh, I think they would have been a little, they could have been Sonic. Uh, yeah. And now they it, like it's so funny because if you think about like like turtles and uh, to an extent gi joe 
like all, all of that stuff, like the like those toy properties. Yeah. Like it's over for them now. Like I can't think of a toy property that is that has a franchise right now. Marvel. Yeah. Or, exactly. or, or, I mean, that's the other way around. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. But like the, like toy specifically, like at like adaptations of of toy, like Transformers, G.I. Joe turtles uh ghostbusters even uh like that died like people like that wave of 80s stuff is on a huge downcrest right now and sonic is like i think kind of 80s but more 90s uh, i think yeah and that's you know where it is now and i think a lot of this stuff blew its chance like could be successful on a sonic level formula but blew its chance in the early uh, 2010s. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, I know we're not talking much about Out of the Shadows here, but I mean, again, they're, they're you know, plot-wise, not much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's more to talk about in terms of like the elements that they added into what is essentially uh, a, a, a very of the era 20 minutes too long version of this movie. Oh, uh, this this movie is 112 minutes. Uh it, if they cut out the all the shit uh, when they're falling down the waterfall and stuff, and it were like in the ninety-five minute zone, so much better, such a better movie. Absolutely, and and again, like cut down some of the you know some of the silly comedic relief stuff again that, that yeah. doesn't really land, or, or or replace it with stuff that does land. I think I, I really like the the uh, bebop and rocksteady stuff. I, I think uh, Seamus, one of the uh, wrestlers from WWE uh, plays Bebop, or, or yeah. I'm sorry, he plays Rocksteady in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he does a great job. I yeah, think he's, he's really good. He's really good at this. It really could have been like a total, especially in their human storyline, like a total like face palmy, horrible, stupid, uh, like shameless thing that really made you shake your head. Yeah. But I thought it was it was it was almost like that. But it was like the funny version of that. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're, they provide really good uh, comedic relief. I, I think that they kind of fridge Shredder here. Um, he he kind of plays the subservient role that he does in the cartoon here <clears throat> because the big bad is, of course, Krang, who is an interdimensional kind of warlord from from another from Dimension X. And yes, they introduced <laughs> that in this movie. And they managed to do that within 112 minutes. They introduced Dimension X. But, uh, you know, Technodrome is there, if only seen for a second. They, they don't really get all of it uh, up and, and going. But I think I thought the, the action scenes here were breathtaking. Uh, there, there's, there's a scene where they go to Brazil and they're in, a, they're in an aircraft hangar and Rocksteady and Bebop are shooting a turret at them and they all fall out of it. I thought that was yeah. one, of the, one of the coolest scenes I've seen in any of these movies, period. Honestly, uh, the, when Bebop and Rocksteady got to fucking South America, I was like, uh, this could be... I, it couldn't be now, but it could be. It would be so expensive, but it could be a live action show. Like this could this out of the shadows could have been a season of TV. It could have been eight to ten episodes of something. Yeah, uh, and, and really cool and and really built out awesomely too. Where we could have seen, um, you know, we, we could have seen more characters come from it, like uh, uh, Yojimbo, I believe his name is the, yeah. the rabbit, the rabbit samurai guy, who I, I was a big fan of as well like they could have really like stretched this out and done some cool stuff um steven amell is casey jones he is chewing the scenery here right like he's, yeah i really every, thought he was good every he was kind of, like attacked like it, at first i was worried that he was just going to be attacked on character like i knew he had source material but i did like given the presence of the turtles and the presence of 
Arnett, uh, it's kind of a make or break character for the movie because you have to prove that like, oh, she actually does have a good relationship with somebody. Yeah. Uh, and she, it, they, they pull it off. And it, when he, you know, hits Bebop and Rocksteady with the grenade, like hitting it with a hockey stick, like I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I, I thought that he was funny. I, I think that, again, like there is a lot of good things to like about it, but then there's a lot of things that they just can't seem to get away from when writing these movies because yes. once again, you have a brother's fighting montage. There, there is an idea in the movie that uh, the, the, the ooze, there's a, there's a new type of mutagen out that uh, could turn them into humans. And it's like, it's not, I don't buy it at all. Yeah, you know, they've already been there. Like they're they've had, they have accepted that they are turtles. Yeah, like uh, it, it it is an idea that like hey, you know, it goes into what you talked about with Raph in the first movie, like accepting who you are. But I mean, they've been turtles for at least 15, 16 years at this point. I'm pretty sure that they're you know they're cool with it. But I, but again, like the story of you know we just want to be known. I want people to know us. It's just like. I didn't buy it. I just thought it was kind of silly. Yeah, it's kind of corny. I did really like the when they the at the end when they're like we're four brothers from New York and we hate bullies. And I was like that is like a like they that was a decently emotionally charged scene. Uh I thought that was cool. But yeah, it was cool. But overall, it's not a like you you know that they're not in a million years going to choose to be human. I was terrified that briefly one of them was going to be human, like during the final fight or something, and gets turned back into a turtle at the very end. Thank God that didn't happen. That yeah. would have been like the ten out of ten shitty twenty sixteen way to do something. But like you're saying, like there there it's the movie's well cast i uh, you know raspberries be damned uh, <laughs> very it's very well cast i think the characters are pretty well defined except on the script levels that are clearly again studio mandates of the time there there's too much of like a of like the go get it quest that we saw you know in still happening in infinity war where you're essentially looking for macguffins like you, you you go to South America, you go here, you go here. Uh, and that feels more, again, as we're saying, of the time uh, mandates than they do. That, But that's what causes the movie to to not be as good as it could be. Yeah, for sure. And and again, like the, it, it shows that there were so many ideas that they had right. That if they led with this in 2014, I think we're at least seeing a third movie this year, right? Like it, it, there's no doubt about it. Everyone had signed on. Megan Fox has signed on for three. The, the voices has signed on for three. Uh, you know, Arnett has signed on for three. Tyler Perry said that he was going to be in the in you know the full Baxter Stockman as a fly regalia. He would have been great as a fly. I thought it would have been really cool to see, but it you know it just wasn't to be. Uh, the movie does end with once again the turtles taking down Shredder uh, and and Krang, sending Krang back to Dimension X. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they probably would have went way, way back uh, and, and done that again for the for the uh, the third movie. But it, it's not to be. Uh, I have to say, yeah. I, I I provisionally I will provisionally keep this in the movie in, in the uh, video story because I, I do enjoy this movie. I think it's really cool for fans of the of the show. And uh, yeah, I'll keep it. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, again, we say this all the time. It's a big swing. It's a. It, it might be too big of a swing, but. A lot of times franchises fizzle out because nobody gives a shit and the second movie is just like gets by on introducing uh, a villain and casting that villain as a famous actor and then doing a dog shit movie around that. 
They right. didn't try to do that here. They tried to really add stuff that they thought people would like. And the, that part of the movie is successful, even if some of the larger elements, as a result of it being a franchise in 2016, are misguided. Yeah. Um, end up kind of scuttling it to, to an extent, especially that uh, extended runtime. But it, I definitely keep it because it's a, it's a good it's a good showcase for when you'd think something like this would go wrong, uh, but actually they get a lot of the stuff right that you wouldn't expect them to. Absolutely, uh, I have to say, as far as a franchise, out of the what five? No, hold on, three, four, five, six movies, right? Six movies released. Including yeah, tw- including 2017. Yeah. I do like 2017, uh, uh, not 2017, 2007. I'm sorry, yeah, the, uh, uh, the CG one. I do like the t- 2007 movie, I-, I do enjoy that one. Uh, it does have a really cool Raphael Leonardo fight. So, if you do get a chance to track that down, Pat and anyone listening, definitely watch that. That's one of my favorite fight scenes from the franchise. Um, I'll keep, I'll keep this franchise here, yeah. I- I- like it enough to to where it's you know always going to be kind of culturally relevant and there uh, are there are enough good things done and enough mistakes made that you can see that you know where movies like this and, and properties like this should improve upon and where that goes wrong and at least you can like keep these movies around to at least joke about them yeah and you know they, it's it's hard to discount stuff that reaches uh, you know a cultural zenith like these have. Yeah, for sure. So that is our episode on TMNT franchise. Uh, we hope that we ran a little a little a little bit over. Uh, you know, it reminds us of a older uh, late fees episode, yeah. but we hope that we were able to take you guys' mind off of uh, everything going on outside for just an hour and thirty minutes of your time. Uh, we want everyone out there to stay safe, uh, be safe, and, and do everything you can to uh, you know stay out of this craziness right now going on yeah. in the world. Just um, uh, not not that uh, it's you know it might be overkill. Overkill is better than uh, taking yourself out for two weeks with a, a disease. And I think one thing to keep in mind is that uh, there are, especially as me and you talking right now, there are plenty of people who who do not have the privilege of having the option of being out in public. Uh, and if you do have the option, it is important to limit the exposure of the people who do not have the option. Uh, so it is really, uh, I don't know. I think now is the best time to be thinking about people who aren't you, if you have the option of, of chilling at home. So. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So until next time we do not have uh, currently uh, a a idea of where we're going for April yet, but of course we have late fees rewind where we will keep you updated on our April schedule if we're all still alive. Uh, no, I'm joking. We we will be. Uh, we'll, we we'll tell you our April schedule on uh, late fees rewind dropping literally next week. Uh, we'll talk about the behind the scenes of this episode. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, Raph- the Michelangelo print that we are going to buy, and uh, talk about how we're going to give that away. Uh, to everybody who listens to the show. Uh, until then, follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter uh, and subscribe to us at RNC Watch on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll, we'll also have Recalling Saul, which just had an episode this week on another stellar episode of Better Call Saul. Uh, late fees, of course. It's a challenge with meals. 
and overly medicated, which we just saw this week. Euphoria is now they're, they're starting season two. Hopefully, we're able to see that start shooting very soon. So we can yeah, get yeah, my friend. Up. I hope they didn't make that announcement a few hours too early. Yeah, <laughs> to, uh, Euphoria season two coming twenty twenty three. Hey, hey, don't play. I, I cannot <laughs> wait for this show to come back. Do not play with, with Listen, my I gotta make it. I got to make it through Demon Slayer and then finally watch the first season of Euphoria. Well, I'm, I'm on My Hero Academia, so I'm pretty are, sure that... Are you uh, not liking it or are you liking it? I'm loving it. I, I really love the show a lot. Uh, I, I for think some reason, I couldn't really figure out the tweets. They, they said you weren't going to like My Hero and you did like it. Yeah, and I did. I absolutely liked it. Like, by episode 10, I was hooked and I'm still hooked, so... Yeah, that's what uh, that's be, what I'm on after Demon Slayer. So so much anime going on right now. It's great. Yeah, that I'll be on is Call of Duty uh, War Warzone, uh, which is really fun as well. I'm going to be finishing Breath of the Wild finally for Animal Crossing. So I have something else to do under yeah. uh, self-imposed uh, quarantine. I'm and, uh, uh, I'm finally going to beat uh, your favorite game of 2020, 2019, Sekiro. No, I'm good on that. We're, we're on Neo. <laughs> we're on Neo 2 now. Uh, but you can catch me on PSA. You can catch us, of course, on Twitter. Uh, holler at us at RNC Radio Live. Thanks for all the listeners. Please stay safe. And until next week, the video store is closed. Get it. Remix, little bitch. Hey. Fabi. Hello, Bob. Big GK shit. Bow. 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 Huh. Look. Big drip, big drip. I fell in love with a lip bitch. Ayy, crip shit. Ay. She wanna suck on the lit dick. Ayy, ayy, ayy. Couple bitches I get lit with. Couple bitches I get lit with. I bit spin. I give a fuck who you bit with. Ayy, ayy, ayy. They loving the style. They loving the style. Go. Send me the Addy, I'm hunting them down. Send me the Addy, I'm hunting them down. See the red dot, no target. Big drip, don't slip, I'm sorry. Spin the block, hell cat, no roaring. Little bitch, don't fuck the party. Big drip, big plate, eat it up, no starving. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lit bitch. She fuck for the bag and the lit wrist. Her lips look good, but don't kiss. Drop my top, I'm skirting. Bulletproof black excursions. Bulletproof demons. Shake them off, shake it. Then I go to Sunday service. Perky, Perky, Zannies, that's crazy, crazy, Skirt. Mercedes, Woo. McLaren, Lamb, fuck you, pay me. Uh. She want the white like shady, shady. no Perry, white. that's Katie, white. Big Ice, they skating, skating. Big Gil Splash, baby. Bitch, we on baby time, 24 cars in a line. I let her ride around, if they catch you with me, you some kin of mine. Bullshit, I minimize. I got the Glock inside. Hope we don't try. Bow. It's a homicide. Shooters with me. Don't give a fuck if you grew up with me. You heard he did that. What? You gon' hear when he get wet. <laughs> baby. baby, I go Dior, she look crazy. crazy. She tryna get in my savings. Baby. She don't need work, that's crazy. Ay, Damn, she hate Big trip. Big I feel in love with a rich bitch. Ayy. Kick shit. After I nut, you can dip, bitch. Ayy. Right wrist. Bust down. Oh yeah, you lit. Ayy, ayy, ayy. Left wrist. Bust down. Oh, you lit, lit. Ayy, ayy, ayy. Bitch, I'm on demon time. Demon time. Straight forward, I don't need a line. I don't. I just wanna watch it the free time. I did. I bought it with me, I ain't leaving mine. Bow, bow. I bought it with me, I ain't leaving mine. Shoot it with me. I give a fuck if you coolin' with me. You say you ain't GDK. What? What the fuck is you doing with me? Hold on. Yeezys. I need the money, I'm greedy. Hey. Bitch, tell me that she need me. Fuck hey. I don't like the way you treat me. Hey, hey, hey. Biggies. I'm giving.
Loving the style, they loving the style. Oh. Send me the Addy, I'm hunting them down. Send me the Addy. 